Welcome to Break the Routine Podcast presented by Chef Region 7. On our podcast, we'll talk with guests on various topics that range from professional development to personal growth. We want to share stories that many can relate to and that our audience can feel a sense of ease when they hear how others got to where they are. Please stay tuned to future episodes. Right. Hello, hello, everyone. Um, so excited to be back at Break the Routine. As you can see, the go the host today is a little bit different. Um, my name is Mariana Avila. You probably heard from me in previous episodes. I am now the regional chapter director. So, little title change there. I guess this is an announcement of that as well. Um, but today I have two very special guests for this particular episode but before we get into that I just want to do I guess some housekeeping items uh, our regional leadership uh, retreats are coming up and they are going to be taking place starting um, September 10th so the first one is going to be in South Florida and it's going to be hosted by UM so pumped and excited for that uh, our all of our signups for the regional leadership retreats are going to be in our Instagram account. So if you don't follow us, please follow us at Shep Region 7. Um, then after that, we're going to have North Florida on September 17th and Georgia on October 1st, if I am not mistaken. Pretty sure those are the dates. Uh, then the Carolina is still pending, uh, but it should be taking place on October 22nd. Uh, for the Carolinas, we will be letting you know closer to the date uh, when we have more details about the place and about the time. But other than that, that's pretty much all I have for short announcements. And now I'm going to very quickly introduce my two very special guests. Uh, today, our episode is going to be surrounding grad school. So I uh, reached out to these people so we can have a fun conversation about, you know, going back to school. Uh, so, Andres and Eric, if you can please introduce yourselves. Eric. Um, yeah, uh, thank you, Mariana. Uh, my name is Eric Barbos. I'm a second-year PhD student in uh, mechanical engineering at Georgia Tech. I did my undergraduates at uh, Brigham Young University in mechanical engineering. And while I was there, I was very uh, involved in SHIP. I was a chapter president. And um, yeah, right now I'm currently the regional graduate representative of uh, Region 7. So I was very excited, very excited to be in that position and just uh, get more interest out there for uh, anyone who's interested in graduate school and support those who are already in graduate school because we need support. Definitely. Wonderful. So now, Andres, please introduce yourself. So everyone probably is aware of who I am. It's like normal <laughs> the podcast. Um, but yeah, Andres Vargas, um, for the sake of this conversation, uh, have my MBA, had my MBA uh, between 2017 and 2019 from the Florida Institute of Technology. Um, I'm sure we'll get into more details of all that, but I was able to get that funded by my company I was working with at the time, which was Norfolk Grumman. Um, but yeah, this is a very important topic, something we hopefully intend to talk about a lot more in the future. Uh, in our region about grad school and how beneficial it can be on and off the work industry or whatever it is that you could probably be thinking of what uh, your master's degree could be a benefit of. So. Yeah, awesome. And yeah, so just for a little bit of background of why I am now the host of this particular episode was because earlier this week, I reached out to Andres and I was like, hey, 
I am thinking of going back to school. You know, I already graduated. Uh, you know, I love my job. I'm having fun. But um, I feel like there's something missing. I want to do something more. And I'm considering going back to school. So uh, I wanted to have this episode to kind of pick both of your brains and get a little bit more background of what it is like what is the experience of a grad school student what's the what the differences are between being a grad school student and an undergraduate student right because I just graduated from my industrial engineering bachelor so I wanted to get some background on um on what the differences are so I'm just gonna get started with some of the questions that I prepared for both of you so um I know you both provided some of the background uh, on your post-grad education, uh, but besides that, can you tell me a little bit more about your experience in grad school? Um, well, for me, the, the MBA, um, the overall experience was pretty positive. Um, mine was an online MBA. Um, the benefit I had, and and when I was looking to look into graduate school, I was really looking at the programs a lot of universities had near me. Um, I looked at UCF, which is where I did my undergrad, and and you know each each university has a different process, different system of how they do their classes. And I chose Florida Tech because at the time I was commuting uh, about an hour from work and where I was living, so time wise, it just was more beneficial for me to do an online MBA, where I didn't have to worry about attending lectures. Everything was kind of laid out what I had to do and it was up to my responsibility and, and to, to get it all done. So overall it was, it was pretty positive. I was able to time manage pretty well. I mean, there were times where obviously you get home and you're tired from work and now you have to study and get things done. And, you know, it's obviously a master's degree. So there's a lot more um, expectations and, and we can get into more of like the, the funding aspect because there's certain requirements I had to meet in order to maintain funding for my MBA. But um yeah, I mean, by, I'm not going to lie, by the end of my MBA, it was a two-year thing, and I was dead. I was pretty much tired uh, because, at least for my program, there wasn't really a lot of breaks in between classes. So every class was every eight weeks. When one class ended, the following week was the next class. And I only remember within the, the two years, I probably had only one week off between like a 4th of July holiday, and that was kind of it. So oh, wow. over that, it was it went quite quick, honestly, and it was pretty it was pretty beneficial. And again, we'll probably get into it, but it helped me a lot in the role that I'm in right now, actually. So, yeah. Okay, wonderful. What about you, Eric? Oh, yeah, my experience so far, um, it's been a little bit over a year since I started grad school, and it's been pretty good. Um, you know, I don't think grad school is uh, uh, something you take lightly. Uh, I don't think it's like a decision you just do one day to the other. So I think most people, you know, go to the grad school a little more prepared, uh, a little more studied on it, and as much studying as I did, as much preparation as I did, I, I'm still surprised um, just how different it is from an undergraduate. Um, for grad school, especially thesis-based, like what I'm doing as a PhD, um, it's much more research-based. Um, you have to set up your time to work on a project you're given um, or you decide on yourself um, with an advisor. And yeah, I, <laughs> I guess uh, classes, I still take them, but it's just not my main focus right now. I, I take them, I learn from them. Um, but yeah, I just remember as an undergraduate, I was so stressed about classes. Now I'm just stressed about everything else but classes. Uh, classes now <laughs> is actually like a little break I have um, from all everything else that's going on around me. Oh. But um, yeah, I mean, 
it's great. Um, if you go to graduate school, if you want to do a thesis, make sure you pick something you're passionate about. Um, that's why I'm doing uh, my research right now. And, you know, every day I get to go and um, this project, I, I'm just glad I'm, I'm in it right now. And um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, that passion will help drive you forward. Yeah, that's amazing advice. I know people that go into pieces based like uh like PhDs and then, you know, they pick up whatever topic and then after like after some time they're just, you know, struggling simply because they cannot find the motivation to uh continue going with their thesis. So that's really really good advice, but since you were mentioning, you know, that choosing this path is not it's something that you have to you know, put some thought into it, I guess it's the perfect segue for my second question, which was, why do you think uh, the grad school was the right path for you? Yeah, I'll just uh, continue on that. Uh, and it's uh, really best uh, based on my interest. Um, it's an undergraduate. I, I really like doing research. Um, uh, I was involved in a few small research project classes and you know, I think a lot of people who later on want to go to grad school, it just starts from there, um, like small little projects here and there, or uh, maybe product development or something like that. And um, after I did that, I realized, you know, I, I like this. I like the whole development process. Um, and yeah, it just went on from there. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's different types of graduate degrees. Um yeah, the, what really drove me towards a PhD is just um, knowing that I'll, you know, eventually be in charge of my own research, my own project. So if someone's a PhD, um, generally, um, no, they're, they're in charge, um, whether that be in academics, yeah. in uh, the national lab setting, or even in the industry-based, um, you know, generally, we're in charge because through a PhD, we we get those skills of problem solving and just being able to drive a research project in a certain direction. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Andres, what about you? Um, I debated it for a while. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I had to spend a long time in undergrad and my my undergrad, and and by the time I started working, I was I was nice to have a break and you know obviously make a little bit of money and all that. But grad school was always in the back of my mind because I knew that was something, even though it wasn't immediately what I wanted to do, it was always kind of there. And the question was what? Because kind of what Eric was saying, I wanted to do something I knew that I wanted to enjoy and I was going to benefit me, whether it was through my career or whatever it is that I wanted to do going forward. And I think that really helped was when I started working at Norfolk Grumman, you know, they, my, my boss at the time and a few team members were really pushing like, hey, man. Take advantage of what you know the company's gonna pay for it. Take advantage of it. You know, don't wait until the end. Like later on, you can get it done now. So a little bit of like that too, or maybe start thinking. All right, maybe there's something I should consider. And the reason I chose MBA was because the very first thing I started looking into was uh, UF does a program called as a double master's, which is an MBA plus a systems engineering master's degree. <clears throat> and they were doing a webinar, not a webinar, but like an actual workshop at the campus here in Orlando of UF, like one of the medical campuses here. And I went after work and they were telling us the entire program. I thought it would be cool because the MBA, I always had an interest in like the business side of things. And I thought, hey, if I can get a double one around the same time, why not? But they were going through the curriculum of the system engineering. And I was just like, it's the same stuff as my undergrad. I do not want to do this again. 
I don't want to go through all those classes. And Mariana knows because we're both IEs. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, Doing I like, them once was enough. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want to do this again. So then I waited about a year later. Uh, I was going to get married. And a bunch of people that started working with my team, they're all young like me. And they were already in their master's. They're already about to get done. So I was like, hey, listen, let me just think about what I want to do. And, you know, even though I didn't know 100% if I was going to be able to use it 100 but I knew I wanted to do it, I settled with the MBA. It was different. I felt like the IE can kind of take the technicalities you learn and throw in the business side with the MBA. I figured that was a nice combination. Um, and yeah, I don't regret it. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, the program I ended up going into didn't require a GMAT or a GRE. So I was like, check. So, um, and the company paid for it. So, um, that's kind of where I settled and I'm kind of glad cause it helped me a lot. Uh, again, like I said, where I'm at right now. Yeah. That's one question that I wanted to ask. Do you have to do any entrance exams? Cause I'm like, mm, I don't know if I want to take an exam. <laughs> Um, so now you answered my question, but I don't know about you, Eric, do you have to take an entrance exam to be able to get into your PhD? Uh, most, uh, for PhD, um, it, it's not really an entrance exam. I mean, you, you already get accepted, but once you're in your PhD within your first year, let me say year and a half, you have to do a qualification exam, um, depending on the school. Yeah, uh, depending on the school, it could just be based on material. It could be based on like a, uh, the different research papers you read on. Then you answer questions on those. Um, but yeah, uh, that that is for a PhD. Um, for masters, I haven't really seen anything such as that. But um, yeah, it's just basically they they use that opportunity to you know base your knowledge and your ability to. Um, to do research um, through that type of qualifications exam. So technically right now I'm a PhD candidate and so I passed that qualifications exam, which mine is coming up in a month. Um, I will be able to be a PhD student. Ooh, good luck. Good Thanks. luck, good luck. I know you're gonna do awesome. Um, we'll definitely have to check back <laughs> in a month. I'll check back with you and ask you about it. Um, but yeah, so I, now I wanted to talk a little bit about the transitions between, you know, undergraduate and grad school, or in this case, like going from working full time and being a, a working professional while pursuing uh, uh, a postgraduate degree. Because I feel like that that's probably one of my biggest fears. Like I just graduated uh, from my bachelor's degree and I am a working you know, professional now. So it, it's so weird to not have not identify as a student anymore. But I guess um kind of like in both positions. And I know a lot of people might be wondering about this. So if you can provide some more background about that, I would appreciate it. So it's definitely a complete different experience because you obviously your priorities you're working. So you're either nine, eight or nine hours a week, a, a day, five days a week, um, obviously depending where you're at. Um, it was definitely a big learning curve in the beginning, um, especially because my undergrad, you know, for some people who know, who've heard my story about like, you know, I didn't have always the best grades and, and it took a while to kind of get those grades back up. Um, you know, that was a mentality I had to definitely switch going into now the master's because um, I'll get into a little bit. Some programs, especially the one I was in, you have to maintain a B regardless. There was no... 
getting a C, D, none of that. You have to add a B or you get kicked out of the program. So already that was kind of one of the things that was on top of, you know, the, the whole time commitment thing. And since I was using funding from my company, they also required you have to maintain a B as well. So there's like a double, either I get kicked out of the program or I lose funding for my, my program at all. So um, for me, I had to really take it seriously that I had to make sure that I was committing to what the schedule was, what the work was going to be taking on, what my priorities were in school. And for like two years, it was literally, uh, this, may, this may sound bad, but it's the truth. It's literally work, school, wife. Because I had to balance all three of those things because there were times where I had to do my work so I can have time with my wife. I had to have time during the day for work. You know, it's just whole thing that, that obviously you have to you know, be able to balance really well. But I'll be honest, like, I I guess the older I got, I was more mature in that sense. So I was aware of that, that I never felt that that I was slacking. I never felt that I was taking advantage of that. And honestly, it, my master's, I got the best grades I've ever gotten. And if it wasn't from the very last class, which is like the senior capstone, whatever, I probably would have graduated with 4.0. No joke. So, um, oh, wow. class. But um, yeah, it's like, it's really about understanding that you don't have the liberty of waking up late or not going to class or doing that. You have to go to work. And when you're done with work, all you have is that, that, that evening or whatever to do the work that you have to do, which at times can be long. And I, I remember going to bed pretty late just getting things done so I have time to do other stuff you know um but yeah it just it's just one of those things you have to sacrifice if you want to if you want to further and, and gain this type of uh I guess level of education yeah. you kind of have to take a little bit of that extra sacrifice sometimes and my wife is about to finish hers in the next coming weeks and she's going to the same experience I'm like told you like, it wasn't wasn't 100 that easy but it was definitely worth it and we'll get into that in a little bit but um, yeah that was pretty much mine oh i'm so glad that she's finally finishing let me know we should do something to celebrate because that is a big achievement 100%. that's cool that's cool okay so now eric tell me about your transition to grad school all right uh yeah i, I went directly from undergrad to grad um so i, I think that transition I mean, we're already used to the grind of classes and everything um yep. but <laughs> Yeah, but the there was a real big difference between undergraduate and then going to like a thesis PhD. Uh, the, the biggest difference um, was just being able to manage all the different things going on around you. Um, you know, the same with the same with graduate school. You have to maintain a, a B plus average or higher. Um, so can't you let your grades fall? Um, but then at the same time, you have to fill with these other research goals. And um, yeah, research it's it's not that simple. You. Uh, I, it, the way it's been for me, I, I'm working on multiple projects and different teams at the same time. So, yeah, I think the hardest part uh, has been being able to manage everything because uh, going from studying and doing homework to a project, it just it takes time. It's it's not something that just switches on like that. So, yeah, that's the biggest adjustment that I had to make. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah. Um, I have a few years to get it down and um it's getting better um yeah that's been the biggest transition um difference that i've i've noticed got to um now that you're talking about time management do any of you have any good time management tips uh for the people that are considering joining grad school um i've always felt that that 
I kind of learned very quickly how to time manage because I've been involved in a lot of things like chef over the years. So, you know, balancing school, chef or work or whatever. Um, for me, is I like to lay out what what's happening in the week. That's kind of my basic thing. I try not to stress too much about a monthly stuff. I just more like, all right, this week I have to get these things done, whether it's work, whether it's school, whether it's life with life in general. Um, and I kind of lay out what my priorities are and make sure those things get done, you know, first so that there, everything else can kind of just be easier to deal with. Um, because if you start pushing things off, then you just kind of like, you're going to kill yourself in the end. Because for me, during the MBA, a lot of our assignments were done or due either Wednesday or Sunday. So I had to really time manage what are the things that I need to get done? Is it a report? Is it a project? And what can I sprinkle in like, you know, time with the wife or time with, you know, whoever. So, yeah, I mean, it, for me, it's just you got to lay out your priorities and make sure those are the ones that get done because if they need to get done, they have to get done. So that's always worked for me. It, it kind of works for what we're doing at Chef at the regional level is what, like, we just had a meeting last night about yep. what's coming up this <laughs> month and what we have to focus on. And I feel like once we are aware of those things, it's just a matter of getting it done. So. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, th I guess that's just, I was just going to mention that, like, that's basically how we time manage in the regional team as well, like our, you know, our personal lives and ourselves, our mental health too, all of that comes first before anything else. Uh, you know, if we have any family situation or anything going on, uh, the good thing is that we are a pretty good team and we're surrounded by awesome people that, you know, whenever we're struggling or something, we can just reach out and um, kind of lean on each other when we need help. Um, and and I, I wanted to add to that. I also yeah. make sure you add in that time management, personal time for like mental health. Yeah. If you're, you're overworking yourself, you're going to crash easily. Oh, so yeah. you have to have time to take breaks. You have to add that into the whole plan. Of everything. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I've been there, done that. I'm never doing that again since then i feel like uh that is a very valuable lesson i've learned i've learned from being in the regional leadership team just like scheduling actually like putting it on my calendar like physically putting it on my calendar like okay tonight i am just gonna be relaxing uh because otherwise i would really just like work all the time or uh maybe leave things for the last minute kind of extend things a little too long when you schedule that time in, you're like, ooh, I don't have that much time to do all the things that I need to get done. So let me actually be very extra productive. Like, like this week, it, um, yeah. I've been doing a bunch of chef stuff because I'm leaving to California tomorrow and I'm taking a break. I put it in our regional calendar. I am not going to be a yep. So uh, 100%, like, please, if you're listening to this, take that time. You have to. Okay, now I know that I cannot text you this week. Got it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that's fine that's fine uh, what about you eric any time management tips uh yeah i mean I've, I've got a few great ones um something my phd advisor um told me to do early on was just uh every semester have a list of goals so this is what um i go over with my advisor beginning of each semester um, then weekly, I set goals of different tasks I have to get done. And then at the beginning of that week, I make sure I have those tasks laid out. And then I try to schedule out everything I'm going to get done. Um, 
yeah, it's just, it's just organization. I'm just taking that extra time to look at your task and plan it out. It's going to help you in the long run. It's going to make you more productive and lose less time along the way. Uh, yeah, and also uh, when you're planning these different tasks out, uh, make sure you don't try to multitask. Uh, like, for example, for me, I'm not trying to be in the lab running these experiments and then running back to my computer, working on something else at the same time. Um, it's just going to make it easier for you to mess up on one task or the other and just make you start over. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're going to work on something, make sure you're you're concentrated to it. Uh, yeah, same with uh, with life, you know, um, uh, with mental health and uh, different items like that. If you're going to be dedicated to making sure your mental health is okay, make sure you have that time set specifically for that. You're not trying to do anything else. Um, so, yeah, there's time for work and there's time for pleasure and, yeah. Yeah, and to add to that, I've tried to work and do schoolwork at the same time to save time. Doesn't work. You're you're either doing one thing or the other, and you're crashing into something else. So, when if you end up doing that, I know you're you're getting paid to do shifts sometimes at work, <laughs> but sometimes when you're doing your schoolwork, it doesn't help out a lot. Trust me. Yeah, no, for me it's like uh, like when I cannot multitask. So, like I mentioned, like when I'm gonna get chef stuff done. Uh, it's just like, okay, like I'm blocking time in my calendar. I'm going to spend X amount of time, you know, getting my chef stuff done and then, you know, back to work, back to my regular, uh, schedule programming, I guess, <laughs> uh, back to my regular working hours for J and J. And like, that is, uh, that is basically like, that's basically how I do things now. Cause honestly, Eric, what you were mentioning, I used to be a multitasker through and through. I would try to do a thousand things at the same time. And I would crash all the time. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, I'm doing all my things. And like, I am doing so much. Why is it not working out? Why am I not performing as well as like, as well as I should be performing? And it was exactly because of that. Like my mind was just everywhere. And because it was everywhere, it was nowhere. Right. In the sense of like, I couldn't focus on just one thing and I wasn't doing that thing, you know, to a hundred percent. So the quality of the work was just, was just not it <laughs> to put it lightly. It definitely was not it. So now I've been getting better at like scheduling time and uh, I guess following your advice, it definitely will help me more just like making sure that I, I get everything you know set before I can even start working on anything. Great. Thank you so much for that. That's great advice. I hope that people that are listening, and I think that's applicable to anything, honestly, not just being in grad school. Like we were mentioning, that's the way that we go along uh, in the regional leadership team. And if you are in undergraduate school, don't try to multitask on things. Is it really is not going to work. It's, you're not going to be putting your best self forward and you're not going to be delivering. Um quality material or quality um, projects or homeworks or assignments or anything because you are just spread out too thin between too many things. So I feel like that's just really good universal advice. <laughs> um, so I have just three more questions to go over. Um, two of them are kind of together. I want you guys to put us into perspective of what is the most difficult aspect for you about having been on grad school or being on grad school and what was your favorite aspect or benefit about pursuing 
graduate school? Um, <clears throat> my favorite was really, um, I actually just enjoyed the topics. I enjoyed the classes. There's some I was like, whatever about, but you know, there, I always had some interest in business and I think, um, I have a little bit of a knack to it. Like I have a little bit of a natural mentality for it. So I think a lot of the reasons I did so well is because I, it just made sense to me. And it was, it was in that way, easy not to say that the work was easy, but it just made sense to me very quickly. And I love that because in engineering, as much as I love it and I, I really enjoyed my experience as undergrad, <clears throat> there were times where it was tough. And, and I, I found a hard time not to find the joy in some of those classes, like principles of EE and, and all these other Oh, classes. tell me about it. I yeah. hate so the principles of EE. <laughs> <laughs> so so there, there are classes in, 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 in my MBA that were like international business. I'm like, oh, what's yeah. that about? Or like um even the finance stuff was interesting they, they tell you okay make up a business plan come up with an idea and try to build an actual plan about it and i was like this is amazing and you actually for me it's great i enjoy that kind of stuff so um that's the part i really enjoyed because i was actually really able to really like be happy in the stuff i was doing which made me kind of want to do the work you know i wasn't like mm -hmm. oh, i gotta get home to work go home from work and you know study it was more like all right you know i'll get to do this yeah my least favorite, uh, you know, it was just sometimes I never understood why some things were scheduled to be turned in. Sometimes I remember for whatever reason, the deadlines for certain things will always fall on a holiday. So like I remember my very last class was during I was midway through Thanksgiving and I had spent most of Thanksgiving doing my part of the big project. Um, it sucked. It was like, ah, uh, but it's again, it was like we were so close to the end because I graduated that December. I was like, damn it, you know, I got to go do this. But uh, <laughs> it was just more of the timing stuff. And I remember we went to, yeah. my wife and I went to London that same summer. And fortunately, it was right when a class was starting. But even then, you still had to turn things in. So there was time where I was like, listen, it's late. But let me get this done so we're able to do things tomorrow. So I'm spending part of my vacation trying to get things done in order to do other stuff, you know. But again, it goes back to the whole sacrifice thing. So yeah, yeah. And from my understanding, most of grad school, like most of M like MBAs at least, from my research, because I am trying to pursue an MBA with a concentration in data analytics, it's a lot of times it's like seven week, uh, like periods, I guess. So it's like each class is seven weeks long. So you, like you mentioned, like you have no breaks in between. It's just like seven weeks after seven weeks after seven weeks doing different things. But at the same time, I like that because it would allow me to in those seven weeks I'm just focusing on that whereas like let's say undergraduate if you're taking a full load of classes you're taking four different classes and splitting your time between four different classes and that would be I would add that would be another favorite thing I enjoyed about it was for eight weeks ours was eight weeks it yeah. was that class nothing else so it was like literally you're focusing yeah. on that thing and there's no like I gotta do math for this class and I gotta mm. do Reading for no, it was literally whatever that topic was, which I think is what helped me do well as well. Is like I wasn't thinking about anything else. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, big improvement. You almost graduated with a four point from the 4. beginning. Three point nine eight. I was so frustrated. <laughs> oh, man. oh, that's a really good GPA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you, Eric? What was the most difficult aspect, and what was your favorite aspect too? All right, yeah, I'll start with the good stuff also. Um, 
see my uh, my favorite aspect, um, which also drove me a lot to do a PhD, is knowing that at the end I'm going to be like a world leading expert in my project and that uh, subject. Um, yeah, I just think that sounds cool. Um, you know, world leading expert. That's just a cool title. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. And going along with that, I mean, as I'm working on this project um, with the classes I'm taking, um, you know, the classes are for your benefit. You can just cruise along, you know, do the assignments and whatever, be done with it. But um, it's really cool seeing how these classes, uh, the material you're learning, they apply to your project. And, uh, you know, that's uh, also something very awesome. Uh, often these classes I'm taking for graduate school, I, I get to work on projects and open-ended and I'm just allowed to um, apply what I've learned so far into my own project. And um, yeah, I've really enjoyed that so far. Um, you know, I don't think many research projects out there are, are just like one side of the spectrum of engineering. I think there's a lot of uh, the different research out there is multidisciplinary and um, it's been cool being able to see that. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, the, the least favorite thing I've seen uh, with, with graduate school is, um, <laughs> I mean, I was expecting this and it happened and it still does not feel good. It's just having setbacks. Um, yeah, yeah, I just passed through this a uh, couple months, um, had a big setback and just made me feel unproductive for a large amount of time. And um, I talked this over with my advisor and basically what she told me, it's, uh, you know, that that's normal, that's expected. If, if there was no setbacks in a PhD, people would be done in two years or three, um, <laughs> yep. which would be nice, but no, uh, it's more commonly that PhDs take like four or five years, maybe even longer. Um, so yeah setbacks it's it's gonna happen um these setbacks can be yeah. completely not related to what you're doing just like a piece of faulty equipment but uh yeah it's been my least favorite part so far but you know, just get over yeah, it yeah. and keep working <laughs> i bet that's that's annoying especially when it like at least for me like if it's completely out of your control it's like man like why why is it happening to me but then again you know it is happening for a reason. Maybe, you know, you need a little extra time for you to get like your big idea for a, a really cool project or something like that. So sometimes mm -hmm. it's beneficial. Um, but Eric, I wanted to ask you in particular, because I am actually not very familiar with the structure of like being in a PhD program. So uh, would you mind shedding some light on your experience, like with the structure specifically of your PhD program? Yeah, uh, PhD is very different. Um, you're not just a student, you're technically a worker. Um, so as a PhD student, you're going to be working under an advisor, a faculty, um, it's like one of the professors at the university. Um, so they're going to be, um, you know, depending on the advisor, heavily involved in your project or a little bit more setback. Um, but yeah, uh, a PhD basically it's there to help you become a subject matter expert in that subject and then also to create someone an engineer who can be able to solve problems with these very um high level engineering um aspects um so yeah uh that's a phd uh it takes uh years um yeah um my advisor told me that uh, the way that they know when a PhD is ready to graduate and um, start their thesis. Um, so thesis is what you need to graduate. It's like a big presentation of 
or a paper of 200 words. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, when, uh, I mean, 200 pages. Um, when the, the my advisor told me that she'll know I'm ready to start my thesis um, when I'm able to um, notice this problem with my project um, and then take the reins of where to go with this problem, where to uh, do the experiments, how to control it, and then how to get results. Um, so she told me, uh, once you're able to do all this by yourself, me not really needing to rely on her, on my advisor, uh, then she told me that that's when a PhD student is ready, you know, to graduate and move on. Of course. Cool. And then um, just like a follow up to that, like uh, I'm, you mentioned that you have to take some classes. Are those classes like how like I guess like in percentage of time, how much time do you spend? in lectures or classes for your PhD? And then how many, How much time do you spend doing research? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, depends on the semester, depends on the class. Um, I mean, classes in uh, graduate school, they vary because professors vary. So professor can make it pretty easy, a, a class. Um, so basically you can uh, take the class and learn as much as you want out of it, or they'll make it a bit more difficult where their, their point in life is to make your life a living hell. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, Sounds like some of you professors to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, um, I think around an average uh, with my work, I take, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be a job with my research, so about eight hours a day, uh, so 40 hours a week plus. Okay. Um, nevertheless, and then with school, uh, with classes, yeah, I, I go to class every day because um, I, I want to be there present for the lectures. Uh, I'd say about 10 hours a week, maybe. Um, okay. Depends if I have more work or not. Yeah. Got it. So at least 50 hours a week. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Okay. Plus, there's no minus there. <laughs> yeah, it's at least. Always more than. <laughs> um, okay. That seems like a big time commitment. I bet it's, you know, probably hard to balance some of the things, but like you already mentioned, you know, how time management is really important. And this question, and I know it's a question, when I mentioned this, uh, like the idea of this podcast to some other people uh, to see like, hey, you, will you be interested in listening to something like this? They were like, oh, can you please, please, please ask uh, this particular question that I'm about to tell you guys? Uh, I think you might know already, but how much financially, how much was it to pursue graduate education? Because this is a big question. <laughs> uh, for me, it was about... I can't remember. It was like a certain amount of money per credit. Uh, I would say about thirty six k maybe. Ouch. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, for anyone listening, <clears throat> and it's always up to any person who wants to. But for the MBA, I know the PhD works a little bit different. But for the MBA or any other master's degree, um, if you're working, uh, most companies have that reimbursement funding available for you. Uh, as long as you show a need of what that degree will benefit you as in that company. So, for example, when I we have a system called Edisys at Northrop, we had it. I don't work there anymore, but 
Uh, one of the things was you had to submit a, a proposal of why you wanted to pursue this particular program. And uh, and for me, I have to build a case of why this would be beneficial for me at Norfolk Grumman. And an MBA, you know, mostly people go for another engineering degree, but an MBA was another like nice thing to have. Um, but yeah, it was, it was um, once they approved it, it was just a matter of like making sure that I maintained my grades and, and they were always willing to cover it. And I was every semester, every class I had to kind of go through the process of like, or I need X amount of dollars for this class. It's this amount of credits. And every time I finish the class, I have to submit my grade to this program. So they know, all right, he's getting his, his, his grades, you know, in time, you know? So there's a lot of reporting that had to do with that. Um, but I do want to make people aware, like each company is different. Like my wife's company is paying for hers, but it's a lot different than how we did it in my, my company. But, um, the only thing I ever really had to pay for were taxes, um, which which after a certain point, you, 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 at first you don't have to. When you when you reach a certain limit, then you start paying taxes, which in the end of the day wasn't too much. Even that, maybe I've paid a total of five hundred in taxes, but that was sporadic. They would take it out of my paycheck, which I didn't ever really felt too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, if a company can pay for it, why not go for it? Like it's it's free education in a lot of ways. If you think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only downside, I wouldn't say it's a downside, especially for my company. They said that once you finish your degree, you have to commit to a certain amount of years. So for example, if you, for me, I did two years and I had to commit to two years in addition after I graduated with the company. Um, and we can get into that later in a different talk, but um, you know, it, it was a good sacrifice to know that they were going to pay X amount of dollars to to. You know, educated. They had paid for books. They paid for the lab fees. They paid all that stuff. And even if I had, like, I remember I used Chegg for some of the stuff, and um, they paid for that too. So, oh yeah. wow! If you have the funding available to you, I would highly recommend leveraging companies if you can't, because you'll pay. Man, even Chegg for free. Could have used that in my undergrad. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I guess like that's something that I'm hesitating about, um, uh, because you know I'm very happy with my program at J and J right now, and they do offer something like that. But then the commitment is like three years after graduation, and I'm like, mm, do I want to stay? But honestly, honestly, it it goes by quick. I mean, the thing the thing that really shocked me is how quick the two year degree went, and honestly, the two years after that because. I graduated December 2019. COVID happened. That's a whole other story. So that was one year. And then literally this last year was my last year. Like I literally, this past December, I met that that requirement and I was free to go. So I it was like a you nice week. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, I was gone. <laughs> but but the thing is, is like, you'd be so surprised. The, la the last minute you think about it, it's gone. That time is goes quick. And for me, I, I for anyone listening, I, I like people to say that take your time with a company, even if you're kind of thinking of leaving, or maybe that's not something you see yourself long term. Give yourself the time to learn a lot so that you can begin to start looking what other people have to offer. So by the time you make that commitment, now you're aware more of like, okay, now I know if I want to stay or I want to go. Instead of being like, oh, I don't three years it sounds like a long time, like. You know, give yourself that time to really educate yourself to see where you want to be. And I've told you, Mariana, even though when I was doing my two-year commitment, I was thinking, I think around that two years, I'm going to leave Northrop. I wasn't too sure. By the time it came, I had already done my research. I already had done my homework. I already had an offer pending from Disney where I'm working now. 
I was ready. So like, I'm telling, I want to tell people like, give yourself yeah. that time to, to know what really where you want to go next. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. For me, it's just like, I'm not sure yet um, where I want to go. And essentially with that MBA with data analytics, I feel like I'm doing that mostly for myself, not necessarily for growth within the company. Uh, and the program that I'm looking into is actually like $16,000 for the whole thing, uh, which is feasible over two years. Uh, so you'll do your research. There's really, really uh, cheap programs out there and really good universities. This one in particular is in Texas A&M. I know it's Region 5. I am so sorry I'm cheating on Region 7. But, <laughs> you know, it's still a really good university and it's an online program uh, in something that I'm interested in. So that's why I'm hesitating in that sense of like, do I want to do it through my company or do I want to just pay for it myself and not have that commitment? I mean, I, I will say this. Um, a lot of times, a lot of companies have discounts with universities nearby. So like Norfolk, for example, we Florida Tech was literally across the street from where I was working. Not literally, but like five minutes away. Um, yeah. So they gave all Norfolk Grooming employees a big, big discount to be a student there. So, you know, I respect anyone's decision, especially yours, if you want to pay for it out of pocket. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm very glad to know that my paycheck was very nice by the time I finished my MBA. Um, I didn't have to worry about, about loans or anything like that. It was all all me I mean, all the companies. So. Yeah, I'm not trying to get into that. That's why I'm not doing it right now. Yeah. Probably I, something I, next year. I did want to add something too. Like, if people are hesitant about, you know, what to do as a grad student, you know, a lot of people go right into it. Like, they go finish undergrad and then bam, they're already into it. And that's fine. If you know what you want to do, go for it. But I always, I always like to tell people, if you're not too sure, give yourself a, a year or so. Give yourself some time to like work, learn about things. Maybe you start realizing that something you liked, you didn't like. You know, really understand kind of what I did. I didn't want to jump right into it, obviously, because I didn't want to go back to school so quickly. But at the same time, I didn't want to just jump in there and, and waste X amount of money and not, you know, at the end. Of, I've met a lot of people who've done their, their master's right after undergrad. And they're like, I, w I wish I would have waited because I'm like, what can I do with this thing? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do this anymore, you know. Um, so I'm glad I waited. And I was when I got into it, I was really sure that I wanted to do this MBA. Not for company reasons, like you were saying, because that's another thing that happens you know, to get promoted and all that. Yeah. I just wanted it for myself. So that's something I want to make sure that the listeners are, are aware of. Like, if you need to, give yourself that time. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, my decision, yeah, it came after working for about three months now. Just being, like, thinking about it, just like, mm hmm, I think I want something more. This is not enough. <laughs> so, just like, let me stress myself out a little bit more. <laughs> uh but yeah, Eric, I want to hear from you. You know, I know for PhDs, it is a little bit different because you are working. So um, yeah, shed, a, shed some light on that for us. No, yeah, um, for PhD and uh, master's thesis. Um, yeah, just the thesis is we're working on research and through that research, get to publish. Um, and that'll bring prestige to your advisor. That'll bring prestige to the university. So yeah, um, this uh, uh, thesis will be paid for um, by um, for you, and then also you get a stipend. Um, so you know you can get a be able to live while you're still in school. Um, but yeah, the the way this uh, works, um, there's multiple ways. Um, 
there's a, a, an advisor or a professor in the university. They'll bring you on and they'll hire you directly where uh, they'll pay for your school. Ling, um, so they'll they'll pay their tuition and apart they'll give you a, a stipend every month or every two weeks, however they do it, and yeah, um, you live off that way. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, very common, and um, I mean, a lot of professors out there they have their own funding, so that's why they're able to hire students to work on that funding project, funded project. Um, uh, there's also a fellowship. So there's a lot of fellowships out there. There's the NSF. Um, there is the Smart Fellowship. There is NDSEG. There's a whole ton of fellowships out there. Um, I'm currently a NSF fellow. Um, so what that means is um, that I can basically, uh, that pays for my tuition, my schooling, um, and then covers other fees and they give me a stipend. And uh, yeah, I can uh, decide who I want to work with. Um, so that gives me more flexibility. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's basically, yeah, I, I work. So I'm an employee. Um, it's all paid for me. Um, the stipend, it's pretty modest. And depending on the location, you know, how expensive the city is, it's uh, it can be pretty tight sometimes here and there. But yeah, I manage. It's, it's not that bad. And, you know, I also... I'm lucky enough to have a wife who, uh, who's my sugar mama. You know, she she provides for me. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but I, I guess I had never heard about the fellowship personally. Where do you find out about this opportunity? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I learned about it when I was uh, being interested in going to graduate school. Um, so this is just information that's given to everyone out there. Uh, yeah, uh, as I mentioned, there's a ton of commonly well-known ones. I think NSF is one of the most common ones. Um, there's all the NDSEG, um, Smart Fellowship, and there's a bunch of other fellowships out there that are for more specialized type of engineering or project that you're going into. Um, yeah, but you apply personally to those. Um, oh, it's not okay. through a professor. So, uh, yeah, that, that's how that works. Um, and then if you get selected, then you have... Um, you have flexibility to work uh, with a certain advisor. Okay, okay. Hope everybody's taking notes. That's yeah. a really awesome opportunity. Um, and I know I said that I had no more questions, but this question came up since you mentioned your, your sugar mama. <laughs> uh, but it's like, how has it been, uh, and this one is more of a personal question, uh, how has it been managing a relationship, and in this case, in both of, both of your cases, a marriage uh, while being in grad school? Uh, I'll continue. Um, so my wife, she also just graduated recently, uh, her master's, um, so like a couple weeks ago. So up to then, um, you know, we're just both very busy. Uh, <laughs> so we didn't really have much free time, but we did make the time available for us on the weekends. You know, we go events, um, just have fun in any small way we can. Um, now that she's graduated and she's just purely working, she has a lot more free time. Um, so I, sometimes I feel bad that I'm always working and, uh, uh, <laughs> she doesn't feel so bad. Uh, she has time out to watch novelas. Um, <laughs> so yeah. She's watching just, the dramas on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's just, um, when you have time to, work with that relationship you know you make that time specifically for that you don't focus on anything else and and that's how it is um you know and then 
you know, thankfully she, she, uh, she helps me a lot. She supports me. Um, she was cooking this whole time we were talking and she's waiting for me so we can eat, but, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's been great so far and, you know, she's just a, a great help for me and I'm grateful. Awesome. That's awesome. So Andres, you better end quick because Eric has dinner with you. Eric, I eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it wasn't tough. The thing is, when I started my MBA, my I, we had just gotten married. So like, we we got married December 2017. January 2017, I had started my MBA. So it was right into everything. But we were already living together. We kind of knew each other already, how we lived. You know, we were living with each other for years. So the biggest adjustment was really just, like I said earlier, just the time management aspect, making sure that I set time for wife time, you know, making sure we go out on the weekends, that I would do my work knowing to give myself the weekends if I didn't have a big project to do, so we had to spend time together. Uh, I wasn't very, I wasn't involved with Chef at all during that time because that just didn't, was not a priority. It was more like schoolwork and wife time. Um, I did some mentoring around that time, but that was very like, you know, sporadic. But it was just kind of what Eric was saying. You know, she was my wife's always been very supportive. She's she kind of took on a lot of the the house, the, the apartment stuff that we were living in at the time. She'd cook, she know, and I just didn't have time to do stuff. And it's been great because now that she's in her MBA, she's about to finish. I've been kind of doing the other stuff that she did. Like I would cook on the weekends or during the week if there's some stuff that she had to do, I'd make some food for the week so we both have. Because I'm in chef now, I'm you know being VP. Obviously, my time is limited too, so being able to time management. And one of the reasons I honestly jumped into the region team um, was because she was doing her MBA and I had all this free time. So I'm just, instead of just sitting on the couch, you know, whatever, I was just like, might as well get involved with something and, you know, have my time be occupied with she's done. And then when we have our free time together, it's much more special because we know we're going to cherish it. But it was a balance. And like I said earlier, when it came to trips, like, we would schedule trips based on if I was ending a class or I was starting a class. So I remember we, we pushed our honeymoon a few months later than like right after the wedding and we went to Cartagena in Colombia and we had scheduled it right at the beginning of one of my classes because I knew that wasn't going to be too heavy of stuff. Um, just the basic beginning and week stuff. Uh, same with London, same with the other stuff that we did together. So it was really about like, you know, fitting in the homework when we were doing certain things. But we made it work, and I can't wait for her to be done because she's driving me crazy about it. Not gonna lie, <laughs> she's complaining about the classes that I took. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> um, but Talk yeah, it's good. Super supportive, super great, and you know, now we're on the other side of it, so good. Oh, well, yeah. Shout out to the awesome sugar mamas that you guys had. <laughs> well, in grad school, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I had. Uh, one last thing, share a quick tip for people that are still in doubt. Still in grad school or in doubt? Yeah. Um, no, nah, it's just like I said, like Eric was saying, and I 100% agree with it, it. Do something you're passionate about. You know, if you're going to make that this time of type of commitment, it's not like an undergrad. You're really now doing something that's an investment for your future um, that hopefully it's something you really want to enjoy. Don't jump into it too quickly. Make, make Take some time to learn and to see if that's something you really want to pursue. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'll be honest, my MBA, when I finished it, wasn't really doing me too much at Northrop. And by the time I was looking for something else, it's benefited me greatly, which was what I was hoping would happen when I got my MBA was that it was going to help me get something new. And it did. Yeah. 
So, you know, really, really kind of do your homework and, and see if it's worth the while and the investment, because it's a time investment, it's a financial investment. Um, it's a little bit of a sacrifice for those two or three years or however long in whatever program you decide to go. With. But keep at it, because honestly, I'm 100 percent proud of it. It's hanging right behind me. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be able to say that it's done. Like I'm retired from school. Yeah. No offense to PhDs, but that's not for me. I'm going to stay retired. <laughs> But uh, no, I'm glad. I'm very happy to have done that. And to say that I'm able to get good grades for once is a nice feeling. <laughs> yeah. And those degrees on the wall, they, they're they a great excuse, too, for you to treat yourself sometimes, right? All right, real whenever quick. I, <laughs> real whenever Andres buys something, he's like, I got degrees on the wall. I can buy it. I, I can do this. It. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve it. I got degrees on the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I... Uh... I would say that um, I mean, graduate school, it's going to be difficult. Um, it's not a question. It's a matter of fact, but uh, it's fulfilling. So, yeah, if you're still on the fence, um, you know, just, it's fulfilling. It, it, I don't think many people, uh, yeah, some people do regret it, but, you know, it, it is something that's going to help you in the long run. And um, if you're passionate about what this project or this program is about then definitely just just, just do it you know <laughs> because that's all i have to say wonderful so thank you both so much i really appreciate it this was a super insightful uh episode definitely gave me some things to think about uh, i made my decision maybe i'll update in a future episode if i decided to move along and join grad school anytime soon um and i'll be checking in with you eric to ask you how you did on your exam that's coming up next month for sure um but anyway thank you so much for taking time out of your busy days uh to meet with me and to answer my questions pick your brains for an entire hour i think <laughs> uh about this particular topic i know that's how many people are going to benefit from this so thank you thank you thank you thank you and yeah that's about it for this episode have a good one everyone uh please stay tuned for future episodes and don't forget about the regional retreats that are coming up in september and october 